Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Today, I am joined by Cassidy, who is going to share her breach hospital birth story with us. So Cassidy, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining me. So before we talk about your breech baby born in the hospital, you already had a previous birth experience and that was done at your home, right? Yes. Yeah. My first um, two and a half years ago was a home birth. Um, and then my second baby was not, um, she was planned to be a home birth, but she had other plans and was breach. Sure. Okay. So, um, I want to talk about the difference between home birth and your hospital experience, but I'd love to first dive into what is your birth story? So you go back as far as you need to, maybe it's at the beginning of the pregnancy, maybe it's at the end. Tell us about your birth story. How was it birthing in the hospital? And what did that look like with a breech baby? Sure. So um, we had reason to believe that she was breech quite early on, like 33 weeks. Um, but at that point, we were like, ah, it's not an issue. Um, and then we after each appointment, I had um, an ultrasound at 33 weeks, because they had uh, also reason to believe she was growth restricted. Okay. Um, so we did a growth ultrasound that was all fine but that's when we found out she was breech so then after that ultrasound we planned one for a couple weeks later to check in see your positioning um and i think so we had a 33 week a 36 and then after that i went like weekly to just continue checking her position um she was always breech um and then so at each ultrasound i was with midwives and in ontario like we are midwives are part of the like whole hospital or the whole medical system. So like they're covered by our medical care, um, but they can't do ultrasounds and certain things. So I'd have to go to the hospital to get an ultrasound by an OB. So at each OB ultrasound, he'd be like, oh, well, looks like a C-section for you. And I never said anything out loud, but I was like, that's not happening. That's not. Not for um, me. <laughs> not for me. And I was just like, all right. He's like, well, we'll let you go into labor. For like, and then we'll do your C-section. I was like, no. So I would just leave and I'd talk to my midwives about my plan. And we started talking about a vaginal breech birth at that point. And the hospitals 
will not allow midwives to deliver breach in the hospital. And like they just, it's the hospitals planning. The midwives have the training, I believe. This is kind of what I understand. They, it is under their scope of practice to deliver breech babies, um, but the hospitals won't let them. Um, they kind of made a collective decision not to do breech home births, so they wouldn't they wouldn't do that at all. That wasn't wasn't part of it. So um, after having those conversations, we started to make plans about what my like choices were. Um, and at that point, there was a doctor in the hospital local to me that had breach experience. Um, so I met with him. This was at like 38 and three days, I believe. Um, I met with him to talk about like what a breach delivery would look like with him. Um, and he was just like, no, you have to be in the OR. You got to be on your back. We want you to have an epidural. And I was like, well, I was like, so I, I was like, I have to be on my back. Like, can I be anywhere, any other out position? And he just said no, because he needed me on my back so he could do the things he needed to do to get the baby out. So after hearing that, I was like, that's not my plan. Like I'm not, that is not the delivery or birth I want. That is like a medical breach extraction. And I like, I didn't want a C-section, but I really didn't want that either. So I started doing my own research and um, I found a midwife and her name's Betty Ann Davis. I've talked to her. She said I can say her name. Um, she's amazing. She is the only midwife in Canada who has hospital breach rights. Wow. And so she, yeah, um, she works and lives like three hours from me. Um, so I started looking into what it would look like to drive and travel to her um, to have a breach birth. And when I was looking, I found out that she, at the time of my birth, um, was only an hour from me, teaching at um, a hospital to teach those midwives and even those OBs um, the like art of hands-off breach and upright breach. So she, I contacted her and I thought it was going to be a couple of days. She called me back in like 10 minutes and was we went through like what was going on with me and everything. And she agreed to take me on as a client. So I passed her information to my midwives and they did whole sorts of like switching and stuff. Um, and that was on a Friday. So I had, um, I had planned for the next Monday to go to the hospital, meet with her and my midwife, like the new team of midwives, kind of look at the hospital, get to know, cause it was, it was an hour away and I've never been there. It, had no idea. I've honestly never even heard of the hospital. Um, but I was like, whatever, this will work. Um, and then so we had a plan for Monday. I was actually even going to get um, an ECV at that point with my local hospital. And then afterwards, I was going to go and visit the other hospital and meet with the new breach team. Um, but Saturday night, I went into labor instead. Um, and I really think like, my body knew that like it was safe because I was so scared. Like leading up to her birth, I was like, I am going to be forced into a C-section because I like, there's no other, there's nothing. Um, so I think like, as soon as I made that concrete plan of like, if I go into labor, this is what's happening. I felt so much relief. And I think my body was like, okay, get this baby out. Like it's time we're safe. Let's do it. 
Um, so that was very nice that it happened quite quickly because Betty Ann was actually, um, uh, this is like, you know, I was uh, just around 39 weeks, right on my due date, she was due to go back to her hospital three hours away. So we're like, oh, we have, you know, a week, hopefully the baby comes or like, I don't know, we didn't really make a plan at that point. I was like, I don't even want to talk about what happens if, you know, you have to leave. So it was amazing that my baby and she decided she was coming out right then because that really made plans a lot easier. Um, so I went into labor late Saturday night while I was trying to fall asleep. Um, I thought it was, it could be, I kind of got up, had a snack, walked around just to see like if it was real, if it was going to stay. Um, and things kind of tapered off a bit. I woke my husband up because we, I don't even think we had bags packed or anything at that point. So I was like, I think I might be in labor. We should probably get the car seat in the car, pack our bags, like do the things that most people do a long time ago. Let's do it now at 3 a.m. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Things are kind of going away. Like I'm just going to go back to bed. So that was around three. I went back to sleep. We slept again until seven. And uh, when I woke up, uh, contractions were still there and they were a bit stronger, but not like bad in any way. Like they were quite far apart. I think they're only like six minutes apart. Really easy. Um, but I was an hour away from the hospital and my first home birth, my water broke while I was sleeping. And then she was born five hours later. So we were, weren't sure like how quickly this birth could go. So I, and you know, Betty Ann knew that, that my first was quick. So we had planned that when I thought I was in labor, we would go uh, to the hospital right away. Cause it was winter time in Ontario, which can be unpredictable and crazy um, in the traffic leading to, you know, that's the city is awful. So we're like, it could be a 40 minute drive. It could be a four hour. You just literally never know. So when I realized my contractions are pretty consistent, we called my mom to come watch my daughter and we called their midwife to um, go make a plan. She's like, yeah, come on down. I'll be right there. Um, she did. Uh, we ended up getting to the hospital, um, going up to labor and delivery and um the whole my whole midwife team was there so there was the the breach midwife and then four other midwives who were part of my team um and they kind of let me know what a breach birth in a hospital would look like so as they're part of their policy type thing um their pediatric team needed to be in the room like on standby so they were just you know, right when it came time to like the baby was about to be born, they came and just hung out in a corner with their little like table. Um, so it was kind of nice. Like I was, I was definitely at the hospital way too early. Any other birth, like I would not have wanted to be there that long or at that point, but I hadn't met any of these people before ever. Um, so it was nice like to be able to talk to them and get to know them while I was still like, able to have a good conversation like at that point I was like joking and talking and laughing between contractions and like during contractions like they still weren't awful I was just kind of like doing light breathing through them um, but able to pick up conversation quite easily and it was nice like I was able to get to know all these people quite well and um, Betty Ann kind of gave us a whole slideshow program of what 
for each birth would look like and some of the things that the some of the um I don't even want to say maneuvers, but things that she might have to do to help the birth along. So she gave us a good like bit of information right there about what we might see and what might happen and all the different stats on breech birth. This is all the stuff that I was supposed to learn when we met with her, but we were doing it kind of in the middle of labor. But it was nice to um, it was very nice to get all that information, which I had learned a lot of it on my own, but like to hear it from someone who is the only person in Canada who's a, you know, who can, it was really, really cool um, to get that information from her. So they were about five minutes apart at that point. And so we just kind of, we, you know, hung out um, as they picked up. I need to move during my labors, like both births. I walk through the contraction as a way, like, like I just kind of like walk through it. I was like, if I just keep moving, like it'll be over. It helped me kind of deal with all the sensation. Um, so I just paced that hospital room. They had a peanut ball brought in. Um, they had a um, like bathtub. So it wasn't, I wouldn't even call it like a birthing tub because it was the width of a normal bathtub, but it was like six feet long. Um, it was really strange because it's hard to kind of ground yourself. I'm only five foot. So like trying to figure out how to sit in this giant tub was weird, but I used the birth, like that tub for a bit. Um, lots of walking, lots of moving. My husband, um, you know, when the contractions got too much to walk through, I'd like hold on to him. They had a chair in there. There was a birthing stool in there. Like they brought in everything. Um, I had a lot of contractions in my hips. So like just low, just low hip kind of thing. They were awful. Like that, it just felt like my hips were in a vice. So my husband would squeeze each time. And that was about the only place I was feeling any pain is just my hips, which is what happened with my first birth too. I never felt any stomach tightening. It was just hip pain. So, um, I got in the shower as things got more intense. So we just had the shower head coming down. I was on my hands and knees. My husband was kind of leaning over, giving hip squeezes. And at that point, like I, every time a contraction would hit, I would I'd be on my hands and knees and I would stick one leg straight back and kind of like rotate into a side plank and like work, like just kind of roll back and forth. And that felt really good on my hips, like loosening them up and, and at that point, that's when I was like, I think I'm kind of like moving into that transition stage because um, I it was intense, like quite intense. I was having a harder time breathing through everything. Um, and then, sorry, I'm trying to like work back. It's been a year. Um, at that point, like I started, like I'd, I'd start panicking when I felt a contraction coming on like I so like you'd start feeling it and I'm like oh it's coming and then I just start crying and I was like I don't want this to happen <laughs> like knowing so then in my head at that time I was like okay this is transition I didn't go through that at all with my first birth because things went so fast it went from is this labor to like I'm pushing so there was none of this but I was like okay this is what transition is I know this that means things are moving fast like we're let's go um 
So I went back to the hospital bed and we, we raised up the back of the bed and I stacked a bunch of pillows and just went on my hands and knees with my chest resting on the pillows. Um, and that way I was able to still rock back and forth and like stick my leg back like I was doing in the shower. And we did um, a cervic cervical check at that point and I was 10 centimeters, but my water had been like the bag had been bulging through my cervix the whole labor and it was creating so much pressure. So even between contractions at this point, like there was no break. It just felt, I felt so much pressure. Um, and at that point I did start getting an urge to push. So they're like, all right, like have at her. So I was, um, like each, uh, contraction, I would start pushing and breathing out as I did. But instead of just like a breath, it was like a roar. Like I was, like roaring out goes that breath and finally after one of like a couple my water broke and like the sense of relief like it the pressure was gone and I didn't realize how much pressure and how much I was feeling between contractions until it was gone and I was like oh all right so I like flopped over onto the pillow stack and I was like I'm just gonna have like a little rest and just like take some time because I feel good like I feel I could do anything now. Right. Um, so after a few more, I got a couple more contractions and the same thing, just the breathing down through them. And at that point they called in the pediatric team because they knew like, you know, baby was coming soon. So I was facing away from the door and I wasn't aware of how many people I'd already given like verbal and like permission for anyone who wanted to witness this to come in. Cause I wanted as many people to see and learn as possible. So I don't know how many was in there. My husband's like, there was like 20 people all just lined up around the room watching, but they were silent. So like there wasn't, it wasn't like a crazy chaos. Like I wasn't really aware everyone. And I had said that I was like, I don't care who's in there as long as I can't hear them. So the room filled up, I guess, at that point. Pete's team was just off in the corner. Um, and then my midwife team was just, you know, on either side of the bed, letting me do what, what I felt I needed. So I didn't have any directed pushing. Um, they didn't, you know, tell me to hold my breath or switch. I was on my hands and knees and they just let me do what I needed. Um, and then at one point, Betty Ann was like, you know, reach in and see if you can feel your baby. So I was able to put my hand in my vagina and like I could feel her butt. It was very straight. Like, you know, I felt my first daughter and it was a hard head. And I was like, what? Like, this doesn't feel right. Like it was the very squishy little butt coming out. Um, oh, yeah, because she was Frank breech. I didn't mention that. But she, you know, folded in half. So it was her butt coming first. Um, so I felt after feeling that, that kind of gave me a little more, you know, you're like, she's right there. So after a couple more contractions, breathe like the the roaring still pushing her out. She started um, they call it rumping when it's their their rump coming out. So she was visible from the outside, um, and there like you know I felt that the ring of fire. It was very intense, um, and at that point like my contractions started stretching out and they weren't as regular. Like they were coming before quite like every. two minutes but very regular um and then there was quite a long break once her bum had come out probably to the back of her knees um I there was wasn't a contraction 
for quite a while. Um, and then I got one really strong one and I was able to push her just past her knees, but she was still folded up inside. Um, so at that point, her umbilical cord was out and they um, had told me that they, they want, after the umbilical cord's born, they want, I think it's a five minute till the baby's born. Um, so we waited about four minutes, five, almost five minutes, and I still hadn't had a contraction. So um, Betty Ann just asked me if it was okay to do the, um, she called it the like fundal pressure. What did she call it? Um, can't remember. Anyways, fundal pressure. So she wrapped her arms around my stomach while I was on my hands and knees and applied pressure down to help bring the baby down. Um, and while doing that, it triggered a contraction. And I like that time I held my breath and I pushed hard because I just I was like, I'm done. This is taking too long. Like I'm ready. So I was able to push her all the way down. So her legs had come out. So she was just her arms and her head were up inside still. And it was just from about rib cage down. And she was just um, literally hanging out. Uh, but at that point, they told me her um, her tone looked really low. So she was very pale and she wasn't moving. She should have been trying to like tummy crunches is what they want to see. And she was just kind of like limp. Um, so they did, um, at that point, I got one more contraction and contractions again, like were so sporadic at this point, they kind of like just tapered right off. Like, um, so at that point, I had one more big contraction and same thing. I held like my breath and I pushed hard and got her down and they were able to reach in and just swoop her arms out. And then they did a maneuver called, um, they called the Frank's nudge. So, cause her head's up, they pushed on her shoulders, which brought her head like back and down and she was out. Um, they passed her through my legs. So I was able to grab her and hold her for a minute. Well, briefly. Um, and then at that point, like, she was very pale. Um, sorry. So she was quite pale. So they all came around and, uh, you know, wipe, we were trying to just kind of like stimulate her. Um, and then her cord was cut at that point after they said like 30 seconds and she was brought to the peds table, which was in the far corner of the room. We had asked about bringing the table closer to bedside and the hospital said no. Um, this was before, even before we thought we, before we even needed it, we had asked the hospital if it could be closer to me in case we needed it. And they said no, um, but you know, it wasn't really my place to fight at that point. I was just happy that I wasn't having a C-section. So I was like, whatever, we won't need it. Um, so we did need it. She had a hard time catching her first breath sure. um her heart rate was great it was high it was up in like the 90s to 100 the whole time but she was struggling to get her first breath um so they used like the bag and got for a couple minutes and um she did end up i think it was a minute after she was born or a minute after they started she took her own her breath like first breath on her own and then they were just kind of sporadic they weren't you know, she wasn't breathing consistently. Um, and I think they just kind of spent about 10 minutes working on her and got her um, pretty stable, but they wanted to bring her to the NICU anyways. Um, 
they wrapped her up and handed her to me and I was able to hold her briefly. I gave her to my husband. He was able to hold her a little. And then um, they went to the NICU and I stayed behind. Um, honestly, I thought it was like 20 minutes. Like I, cause I didn't have a phone or anything just until like the placenta was birthed and everything. But I think it was closer to two hours, but it really felt like no, no time. Um, and then I ended up go like after the two hour mark, I was able to go down to the NICU and see her. Um, and she, they had put her on a CPAP machine. She only needed it like couple hours very little and then within four hours of delivery she was discharged back to our room so after speaking to like the midwife uh, like Betty Ann she had said like it was mostly a precaution type thing like she was doing she did, did need help at first um because her APGARs were lower but then by the 10 minute APGAR score like it was I think nine like she was great but it was mostly that precaution the hospital wanted to make sure so they took her to the NICU, but she was doing great right away. Um, and after, you know, I, I had learned that breech babies vaginally or C-section have a harder time getting their first breath. That is very common. Um, so, you know, this isn't something that happened because she was vaginal. This very well could have been the exact same thing if she was C-section. Um, it's just a breech baby thing. So, um, and I knew all of this. So I felt very calm even after she was born. Like I, you know, I was asking questions and they were answering me um, about what was happening, what they were doing to her. And uh, my husband was over next to her and touching her and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that was easy to follow, <laughs> um, but that was essentially our uh, birth story. That was Awesome. Okay. I have so many thoughts. You even wrote some of them down. So yeah. how nice that you had such a supportive team that truly gave you all the tools. I mean, it feels like they went above and beyond to truly help you have the birth that you wanted, even though it may not be the norm for all the people who attended mm -hmm. your labor, right? It, it, it is very indicative that your room was filled with medical staff, mm -hmm. that this is the norm, that this is something they needed to see that we wanted a lot of our hospital staff to see because it's not something we see a lot so that for me that's the difference listeners between uh a v uh not vbac but a breach supportive like truly supportive environment versus one that's tolerant that says they're going to help you have your breach baby but then they do all these things along the way that really try and kind of blockade you you did not have that they were truly truly supportive when you think back on your birth you got a lot of emotions coming up here. What are you feeling? Mm -hmm. You mentioned like being scared beforehand. I know it's really hard to think about your baby in the NICU. Is there a little bit of pride in there? What kind of things are you feeling a year after your oh. baby? Yeah. So I, like I mentioned, like feeling scared at the contractions, that was more like, you know, knowing the pain was coming for me, sure. but um, at no point was I afraid because of her being breech. So like my midwife was so um, like confident, isn't the right word. So like encouraging. Yes. Encouraging, but she was, she was so like educated. So sure. like I knew that she knew exactly what to do. Um, like, she, like she was, 
the most experienced person in Canada to deliver a breech baby. And there's a reason. Like, she just, like, it flowed out of her. Like, you could tell she knew what she was doing. So there was no part of me that was afraid because she was breached. Cause I was like, this lady is literally the best person to be in the room with me right now. Like there's nobody better. Yeah. Um, so like, I feel very you know, proud of my birth. Like you said, like there is, there is a lot of pride. Um, I hope that, you know, some of those people who did get to see, you know, they'll take that and, um, like move forward, like, you know, hopefully it goes somewhere. Even like I have, um, we took a video of my birth and it is now being used in Betty Ann's workshops. Um, she, like, and then I shared it with my original team of midwives and they shared it. And I was like, you guys show whoever you want. Um, so this is all, they're all allowed, but they shared it with their whole pro like, um, their whole practice. Um, and like my midwife, she came for a home visit after the baby was born. Um, and we played it like up on my TV and she's like, I have never seen anything so calm, like ever. Like I've never seen any breech birth go this calm. Like everyone was just like the one midwife was just kind of like sitting on the bed with her hands and her head, like head in her hands, just waiting. Like, and she's like, you know, you see breech deliveries occasionally, but it's always a spontaneous, like we didn't know baby's breech, whatever. And then it's like this emergency and everyone's panicking. And she's like, that room was just like, there was none of that. Um, so that was really cool to hear. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. You're such a badass. Okay. So I have a question about what yep. it feels like to labor with a breech baby versus a baby who is in the traditional head down position. Could you tell a difference in your labor or your contraction strength or pattern or anything that your baby was breech? So yes, like it, the, the labors were like night and day. And I don't oh. know, I, I think about this all the time. I don't know if that's because Bailey was a hospital birth and I was in the hospital or if it's because she was breech. Um, her labor was very, very intense. Um, with my first, I like it was home birth and I afterwards, I was like, you know what? Like I not at one, at one, like not even the single point did I think I couldn't do it or I needed an epidural or I needed something else. Like I, I felt her birth was very manageable the entire time. Like, I was like, you know, that it, it, you know, there was points where it was painful, but throughout it, I was able to manage and I felt like I could do it the whole time. Contractions weren't really that painful for me for my first birth. Then Bailey, I realized why like people get epidurals at that point. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't want one. At, like I didn't feel like I wanted one. But I understood why people get them because it, it was a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of pain. Um, and I just, I did, I lost control during transit, like transition. And I just felt out of control. Like I, I was, you know, like I said, I was scared. I was really like just overwhelmed by everything. Like just, you know, the, the pain and how there is, you know, people kind of coming in and out at that point, trying to, um, 
where I didn't get that at all with my first. So, and I guess I don't birth. know if that's, yeah, that and I don't know if that's the yeah. And that's what I really, I think that kind of was the biggest difference for me was just being in the hospital, not her being breech. Because like I said, with my first, um, I felt all of the contractions in my hips and I felt that again with Bailey in, uh, being breech. So it doesn't seem like it really affected the actual like labor because she was breech. I think it was more because of the environment. And again, they tried their hardest to make it everything I wanted. Like it wasn't, I just, obviously I was more comfortable at home. Um, but yeah. Sure. But you still were able to have an unmedicated breach delivery, which so many people yeah. are even too scared to even explore that option, right? So many people yeah. are faced with this really fear-based, unsupportive environment from their medical providers that don't even give them the chance to explore this option. So, oh my goodness, Cassidy, your birth story is so inspirational. This this story is going to live on forever in my mind. I am so grateful that you shared it with, with us today. So one last question as we wrap up, and my question is just, is there anything that you would have done differently looking back on your breech birth, or did it truly go as well as it possibly could have considering in Canada, you don't truly have access to home birth breach support? Yeah. Um, I think knowing that we did need the PEDS team and the, um, you know, resuscitation um, table, I would have probably tried to push harder to bring it closer and for them not to have cut her cord. Um, but again, the table would have needed to be bedside for them not to cut the cord. Um, that is the only thing. But like, I wasn't in a position at that time to like really fight it because, you know, I, I was in labor before I even had a chance, you know, to talk to anybody. Um, and then I feel like, you know, Betty Ann couldn't really push it because they had invited her. Right. Yeah. And she didn't want to make too big of a thing, but look, that's the only thing I would have changed is definitely to have had the table closer because those 10 minutes when she was across the room were awful. Um, but other than that, like the whole, everything else was exactly how I envisioned it. And it went exactly how I wanted. So. Oh my gosh, that puts such a big smile on my face. You're amazing. You're a badass. You're a rock star. This story is so inspirational. And I really, really appreciate you sharing all of your birth story and your raw emotion and your education. And yeah, I've been crying this whole time, if people can't tell. <laughs> so grateful for you sharing this really raw side of birth and postpartum. And I think a lot of people are afraid to show this side. You're going to make me cry. But I think that um, <laughs> so many people are afraid to let other humans see us in this raw form. And this is what we need. We need more stories like yours to prove to people you can have the birth that you want. It may just look a little different than what you had first envisioned. This was just absolutely awesome. So is there anything else that you want to leave our crowd with if it comes to or when it comes to breach birth? Um, I think like 
some people like this story would have sounded scary, especially the ending, her needing um, to be recessed. Um, but what, like, so I, I had met with a doc that the doctor local, and at no point did he tell me that C-section breech births had the same rate of needing recession as a vaginal. He just kept talking about how dangerous breech birth was compared to head down, um, which some of his his stats weren't quite quite accurate um, from what I'd later like you know what I knew. Um, but at no point he compared you know a head down to a um, vaginal breech birth, and he never gave me the stats on C-section breach. So I think like, you know, people need to realize that, you know, um, C-section breach births carry risks too. Um, just if not, well, more than vaginal breach. And doctors aren't really open to sharing that. Absolutely. You got to do your own digging. You guys in episode huh, maybe 179, right around the 180 mark, we interview or I interview Dr. Rixa Fries, who is the founder of um, Breach Without Borders. She is awesome. She breaks down the safety of breach birth. We also have home birth home birth breach stories on the podcast and YouTube. So give it a listen. You guys, this community is all about making sure that you understand all of your options, that you truly know that just because one provider is telling you something doesn't mean that that has to be your story. You do have options. You always have options. The important part is that you know what those options are. Cassidy, thank you so, so much for joining us today. This has been amazing. Your story is so inspirational. And I hope that everyone out there who has never heard of a breach story, who is dealing with a breach baby, or maybe who has had a C-section because they had a breach baby and weren't given other options, finds a little bit of hope and confidence in your story. All right, you guys, I will see you next time next week on another episode of the Birth Launch Podcast. Until then, take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. 
Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.